Hey, everybody. It's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson in Ohio. Andre Knott somewhere in Arizona. Yeah. Blue Wire. Thank you. What's American up, Blue Fireworks. Wire? How you doing, They're baby? Our friends. You guys are our friends. Glad to do this. Andre is on his spring training. What is this? Leg one of two spring training trips? Leg for one. You? Yes. Leg one of two. I'm here till uh, next week. This is, uh, we're recording on Wednesday, the 23rd, I believe. It's Thursday. There's dude, days all the same. <laughs> no. Spring training starts. Dudes are all the same. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, the 25th is Saturday. We will be on TV three o'clock with the first spring training game. We'll be oh, on the wow. We'll be on again Thursday or Saturday. We'll be on Saturday and Sunday. Then we'll take Monday off. Then we'll be on Tuesday on television at three o'clock back at home. Uh and yeah, uh that time of the year is already here. There's gonna be baseball games on TV in about forty eight hours. Yeah, so I'm headed to Indy in about three days uh, for the Combine. I'll have my stuff with me. Maybe we'll do it again. So, okay. um, you know, it goes through a real weird part of the uh, sports calendar, you know, the Super Bowl hangover and all that. And then, frankly, the NBA All-Star game bottomed out um, last week. We feel like me and you have been talking about the NBA All-Star yeah. game for a long time. I, I feel like it's sacrilegious for you to say that because we've already discussed where it's at and what it is. I, I don't even want to discuss it anymore. It is what it is. You're right. No, but it, it does feel like it bottomed out, right? And, and I don't, you know, I'm not nine years old anymore, so I didn't have high expectations right. for bottom, it. That wait, was wait, really what, bad. Let me ask you this. What bottomed out more? That the dunk competition, and I got nothing against McClung, and I got a, and I have a teaser to somebody that he's related to, but I won't tell it till the end of the podcast to make you stay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, and I got nothing against that kid, but he hasn't even got a dunk in an NBA game. He wins a dunk competition. Right. LeBron, for the way we're going to praise you later on in this podcast, the one thing amongst others that you may have ruined in the NBA is top star is not going to to, to All-Star Saturday. Yeah. It, it's just a different time, Dre. It just is. You know, these guys used to go there and and they Make needed the 50,000. Right. The, the dunk contest was one. Right. They needed the notoriety. And it's sure. just. It's just a different time. So it's, it's, well, for me, it's always off my lawn. You know, um, in general, it's like, you're right. It's not even worth complaining about. So, no, same with um, the football. Same with the football. Yeah. And the football bottomed out a long time ago. But, yeah. You know, here's what it comes down to that is valuable TV inventory. Basketball more so than football, right? No, because no, that no. weekend, it's like, who cares? But ESPN, that Thursday night, that Sunday, like they have stuff to fill, right? It's right. the first non football Sunday. Um, you got to win it somehow or another, and you're still getting. And so when you say bottom out, yes, it's bottom out in our eyes, but not really because TV TV inventory was wise off of what you just said, it worked. And see, and I think as a, as a as an industry, we got to start remembering that and are figuring that out. Like what Bally's is going through right now, and I'm not going to say much else. Uh, it's tough. I don't know what the directions are all are going to be, but I have a feeling if we go to this, it is like anything else in life. If the right people pay attention to what's happened and why the format of how it was set up is not working. You should be able to skip this the next time you go through a different evolution of what's happening in your game. Yeah. Um, and the NBA is thriving. It is no right. Um, I was honestly sitting there laughing because I did watch the draft part of it. And I was like, man, this is so typical NBA because the part where they pick the players is so much better than what happens after. No doubt. <laughs> you know? no doubt. It's like every July and every trade deadline. Right. <laughs> um, the NBA is healthy. Uh, but I think like what happened here with Golden State when they only come here once a year and the Cavs are good, right? And right. they did that. Like, hey, I get it. And and I know why teams do it and why players do it. But it, it does suck and there's no way to spin it as even a little bit positive, right? So, no. um, yeah. So, anyway, anything – I know you've been out there a few days. Anything to report from, from Arizona? Um, This team is – it's you know – I'll be quick because this is our base. Give, your, give us our so people know what's This up. is 
the baseball minute. But we're in the cool thing right now. They haven't played a game yet, and you can't get too high or too low. But it is cool that they had the best camaraderie I'd seen as a team come, to come, come together last year because it was a little bit like a college team because of the ages of the guys and, and because there was, you know, no one had any expectations on them. And in good organizations, and this is a pretty good organization, I believe, um, you find a culture around that and you build upon it. Uh, in bad cultures or bad organizations, you tear yourself down and people care more about money, cars, and hoes, you know, as the, as the old rap song goes. <laughs> um, so in the, so in this moment in time, uh, I feel like I'm around a good organization with a bunch of guys that, that you know, they've won their, like, you know, Stephen Kwan, Played at Oregon State, you know, wanted to, you know, play, got deep into the college world series. This moment's for Tom Hamilton. Um, and he's a winner. And now that he's coming to the big leagues and he had a winning season, it's not like he sat back and and wanted a new car or wanted, you know, or got new tattoos or wanted a new contract. Um, he got a little bit bigger, like he's a little bit stronger. He said he's not gonna be wide eyed at everything now. Like he wants to be more aggressive as a player. And I made a video of him another day with Miles Straw. We were messing around, but he didn't stay around it because we did an interview about all the um, Gold Glove guys. And I was going, I was going to do something with Straw and Quan, and Quan ended up leaving because Oregon State was playing over in Glendale, and he wanted to go see Oregon State play. Um, now we busted his balls about it because that's what you do, but in reality, you love that. That's and then he calls me and he apologizes that he left, but he said, "I want to go see my college team play. I want those guys. I want to be there for my guys." I tell that story because that's his team. They um they aren't satisfied with last year. And as Cal Quantrill told me, he's like, hell, nobody thought we could do bleep last year. And he said, we won a playoff series and we probably should have won a second. Why can't we win two more series? So business you know, first and money cars hose second, right? That's what I've always said. <laughs> I mean, at some point in time, money cars and hose comes into play. No, it does. It does. <laughs> um, it sure does. What else, what else do, do I want to cover here? Um, so I, I honestly, guys, you guys know I like college. I love college basketball. Wait, before right? we go there, but, 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 okay, if you stand on baseball, but we got to talk about Bubba Ventron for it. Like he, he's one of my favorites of all time. Yes, he had the long hair. Um, yeah. The dude is like five ten in his cleats. You're right? taller than Bubba Ventron. I, well, I'm way taller than Bubba Ventron. And you're you're five, taller nine, than Bubba Ventron. Yeah, and I ain't five ten, so stop lying. <laughs> right. And he was, it was his brother that was released like 30 times, you yeah. know, and, and it became kind of a running joke, but they were like the ultimate overachievers, you know, and, um, he's from the Pittsburgh suburbs. I, I'm not, I don't have it in front of me, so I'm not going to spit out which school and I probably pronounce it anyway. And you don't want right, to listen to right. his Pittsburgh people, but he went to Villanova, which is a one double A program, a really good one, but a one double A program. And, you know, he basically was never going to play in the NFL unless he just killed it on special teams and he did it for eight years. And then he immediately was hired by Bill Belichick to be a special teams assistant, which says he had some juice to him. Right. And three years there and then five years. And this is a big hire for the Browns. Um, to me, Jerry, more than anything else, and we can keep running down his credentials and all that. And, and frankly, you know, only in Cleveland do we care this much about this, the special teams coordinator. I just wish you people would eventually get a, a winning team to root for. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, Jim Schwartz is 56 and didn't really need this job. He took it, right? Yes, Bubba got the promotion, and yes, it had gone sour in Indy, but he didn't really need this job. Like, so we'll see how it goes. But that, if, if you want to make a positive offseason, and the Browns certainly need to have one, like, that's good. That that shows some respect for Kevin Stefanski yeah. and some belief that the Browns, you know, have enough good parts to turn this into something. It really does. That That, well, that is the way I look at it. Now, I'm not going to sit here and break down punt coverage. And frankly, I was a pre-for-critic, and they were up and down. 
And I asked Dave Zassadel last year, you know, about it um, because he knows way more about special teams than either of us. And he said, yeah, you know, I see some things I don't necessarily agree with. He said, but when you see Ronnie Harrison reach out and shove a guy in the back, that's not coaching. That's idiot football. True. All right, I, I want to go off of that. And I would never go against what he said, but um, I've covered a lot of, of people. And like, cause that's what locker rooms come down to in clubhouses of people. Mm-hmm. There's only about a handful of people that I've covered in the last 20 years that I would hands down say, I, I would run through the wall for that guy. If he asked me, um, Bubba Ventron's on that short list because of, he didn't have a position when he played for the Browns, his position was core special teams player. And he handled it like he was Tom Brady. And I mean, you always saw him with the clip with his book, with his playbook. You always knew that he knew five different roles on special teams. You always know that Josh Cribb praised him after every big play Josh Cribb's ever made on special teams when he was a, a, a teammate. Um, yeah, we can make fun of his brother getting cut 15 million times, but there's a reason. The Ventrone name was respected so much because of what Bubba accomplished as a player and as a guy that wasn't that big. To have success doing it in Indianapolis the way he has already, I go off of people. And I think that's where some of these teams are getting in trouble in, in all leagues and all like we don't sometimes you got to look at people and not just what they have in their resume. Bubba Ventrone made his living, made his life off of running down on kickoffs, punts, punt returns, kickoff returns. He, in my eyes, is going to make guys buy into being a core special teams player where I've watched the Browns for the last eight, nine years. And I feel like the biggest problem has been the buy-in, especially on special teams, because you can be the best coach ever if Mike Prefer was or was not. If you don't buy into being on special teams, your special teams unit is going to suck. And they have. So to me, if Bubba can get out of them what mattered, what meant the most to his career, and it seems like he's been able to do that other places, the Browns finally have another unit that buys in. And it's not about buying in because of the name on the back, but because of the team name on the front. That certainly gets them closer to winning games. I mean, think about how many games they've lost because of special teams in the last two seasons. Oh, I mean, you know, it's never one play, but yeah, what what you want out of what makes a good special teams unit, Dre, right, is about three big plays a year in a bunch of just little fundamental plays where oh, no. you tackle the guy after seven yards instead right. of 13. hundred percent. hundred percent. You just you said it perfect. ball out of bounds when it's supposed to go out of bounds. Right. right. Well, how about you never kick the ball? Right. You never kick the ball out of bounds. You never shank one. You never like the, the best special teams just stay. They just stay normal. They don't make mistakes. That's it. Yeah, no, that's right. Like solid straight up football. Right. You know? And the Browns um, don't do that. And like, I just think of the Jets game right off the top of my head. It's like, if you just do what you're supposed to do, you win, you know. I you mean, tell the kick. You tell the, the the place kicker. You don't have to win the Tony Grossi kickoff award at at twelve thirty or twelve o'clock. So Daryl and everybody can put pictures up. Let's concentrate. Let's concentrate on a thirty five yarder across the wind that you're going to have to fucking hit. And I was told myself I wasn't going to cuss on this podcast. But special teams <laughs> made me do it. Did you give up cussing for Lent? <laughs> I'm just trying to be more of an adult. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I, would, I did not want to say that. Word I gave up money, cars, and hoes for Lent. So <laughs> Sunday been, morning, Sunday, Sunday morning, me and my 08 Civic are headed out to Indy, baby. It's been there before. Uh, I'd love to say that thing could drive itself there, man. <laughs> it could. It could. Uh, this this is the car. Do you know my famous Indy impound story? I think I've told it on oh, here yeah. before. Yeah. So, guys, I used to cover the Big Ten tournament in Indy and uh I did it maybe three or four times but a couple of the times it was like the full assignment like get there Tuesday and 
And then the Big Ten is the last team to finish um, on Sunday, like an hour before Selection Sunday. And it kind of makes the championship game useless, but anyway, I digress. So I check in at this hotel uh, on Tuesday afternoon. I go up, and I remember I call back down to the valet, and I say, hey, I don't need my car. I need something out of it. Like I had forgotten like my pullover or my toothpaste, wh- whatever, you know, every, every trip for 23 years five, has been my first one. Of one of five sweatpants or sweatshirts. Yes. yes. Every trip remains my first one. Right. <laughs> so I grab it and I tip the guy a dollar for bringing my car back or whatever. And I go up to, well, I don't even think about the car. Right. So now selection Sunday rolls around and I work all night and I'm leaving and I'm actually going from there to Dayton for the first four. So it's like 11 in the morning yeah, morning to like 4 exci- in the morning. That's exciting, bro. Yeah. And I go back down and you, I give him my valet ticket. Other, you get to cover something other than never mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, those were the days. Um, uh, I give him my valet ticket. Like, uh, you know, hey, I need my car. I'm like, all right. So then they come back like, sir, what, you sure? What, which car was it? Well, what had happened was they did not. They brought my car and then they just they left it there and they ended up getting it towed. Like. They they brought it back and they never drove it back. They ended up getting it, and this was on Tuesday, and no one knew. So <laughs> on Monday morning, you know, six days later, they locate my car. They're like, "So sorry." They ended up giving me like complimentary nights. Of course, I never used them. Right, a bunch of stuff you can, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, they fed me breakfast, and I went on my way. But yeah, I've I've had some times in India. You've been there at a couple of them. Oh yeah, I still I still discuss them. They're still part of. You were my, sitting uh, in the booth with Peyton Manning the one time. Yeah, man, and our coach <laughs> and Coach Smith, that was my dog. Tater um, Smith, the one and only. I got to ask about your cousin as we're talking about quarterbacks and money. Does Lamar Jackson deserve more guaranteed money than Deshaun Watson? I mean, I think one way to answer that question is yes and feel pretty good about it. Uh But I think with some nuance and taking a step back and avoiding that exact question, you know, probably neither one of them do. And I kind of understand the Ravens' stance. And I understand the Ravens' anger with the Browns for doing it that way. Okay. But can you understand where Lamar Jackson is? Yes, I can. And and I think Lamar should tell them. You either pay me or trade me. I'm not doing the one year franchise yeah, thing because wait. I've given you guys five years on the rookie deal. I've put myself through the beating preach. and I'm not doing it. Preach, preach. I, like, I'm glad. See, this is this is see, A to Z still lives because of this. We can have common sense conversations. That is a common sense. Like, that is the common sense that they have to go back and forth. The coach can talk about oh, he loves them and they love them and love, love, love the, the realness of this situation because even in our jobs, they negotiate with. with <laughs> That's the reason I like doing A to Z. Our real jobs did put BS up like this. You know, they put bullshit in the other way. It's like, well, what the other person is doing has nothing to do with me. But in this situation, um, it does have something to do with me. It's like I, you know, Lamar Jackson. If I'm Lamar Jackson, I simply say, do you believe I've been better than Deshaun Watson over the last five seasons? And like, let's put up the numbers. Let's put up the stats. Let's put our team, what our teams have done. Let's put up how many games we've missed and why we've missed them. And you're telling me I'm not worth what that guy's worth? And that's no offense to Deshaun Watson, by the way. That's this has got yeah. nothing to do with him. I'm saying his real name, so you know that I'm being honest about that. <laughs> Lamar Jackson deserves every bit, and if not more, money than yes. what Deshaun Watson has been guaranteed. And I get why Baltimore is mad, but the game is the game. And think about how long the NFL has gotten away with the game. There's no guaranteed contracts in baseball or basketball. The player unions have just come together and made their contracts guaranteed. But the NFL, for whatever reason, their players 
won't stand by each other and continue making them do that. And it makes no sense to me why in 2023 you haven't had 15 quarterbacks come together and say, Hey, we're all going to get our money guaranteed. And and that's just how we're going to make our contracts. I don't know how NFL owners get away with what they do. It's a quarterback's game, right? Right. And it's a quarterback's golden era. Right. right. And the you two who have fully guys. guaranteed who've gotten fully guaranteed contracts are Deshaun Watson and Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, if you put up an internet meme on NFL quarterbacks and those two pop up, you turn and run away from the screen. <laughs> like there's no way in the world, like like Tom Brady, the one thing and like and I'm it's not a soapbox, but it's like Tom Brady, that was the one thing you could have accomplished for your guys. Peyton Manning, like somebody, one of you guys should have like like, hey. We are the face of this league. You've made every rule around us. Guarantee all of our contracts. Because yeah. I get it. If I'm Baltimore, I, I'll be like, man. Uh, but I think they got to do it. And I don't think they're going to. I, 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 Zach, I think this is. And then I, I'll take it a step further. What's going to happen down in 71 South? Well, they gotta let's pay, they stay gotta on Lamar Joe, for a minute. They? They're going to get. Joe's going to okay. get his money. Joe, they got no choice. Joe is that franchise. Joe is that True. city. Um yeah. Well, it's the Browns, but you're acting like it's it's normalcy. There's no normalcy. That's the that's the Bengals, man. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right. Um, on Lamar, so the the franchise window is open, guys, and it's open till March seventh, and it it won't the Browns won't be franchising anybody this year, but it will affect you know the availability, and then obviously whether or not Lamar Jackson is in their division is a big deal. Um, what the almost certain outcome is that Lamar gets the tag, and then the question is. Is it the exclusive tag in which you can't negotiate with other team and it's like 13 or 14 more million dollars on next year's cap? And you run the risk of him not coming to training camp. Or is it the non-exclusive tag in which a team can make an offer sheet? Now, the Ravens could still match, but two first rounders is the price to get Lamar Jackson. I mean, just a year ago, four teams were lined up to give three for Deshaun Watson. So like 14 teams should be lined up to give two for Lamar (laughs) Jackson. Right. And now that wouldn't necessarily hold up. Like if they wanted to go that route, then they would, they could work out a trade and get more and make sure that Lamar's on board with going to that, to all, all of those right. things that, that you would do in good faith, or at least try to do. Right. right. Um, but like, you know, the Ravens have, have done a poor job of the skill players around him. They've had some injuries and frankly, they've had some uncharacteristic have, bad drafting. They, have, they haven't brought the right receivers with them. And to be honest, they've almost dumbed him down offensively because he ran a pro offense at Louisville. The yeah, and the co- it, it did work early, but the, you know they yeah. changed coordinators. Finally, they changing quarterbacks, coaches. How about um, T. Martin? That's how old yeah. we are. I know. That's how old we are. There's so but many things I could talk about. Like between, oh, they just crazy. paid Roquan Smith. You know, yeah. they they great trade during the season, but the Browns didn't make a trade like, like as usual. Oh. As usual, they got some young guys on the defense who are yeah. in their second and third year in in finding their stride. You know, for years they've cycled through those guys. They've hit on second, third, and fourth round picks and and turned them into players. Um, and in the AFC, like you know, they're they're good enough to be there. Um, and, and Lamar certainly gives them a chance. But you don't want to take that step back because, man, if you can't keep up right now, like you know, you know how I feel, Dre, like about the Watson thing. I watched Joe Burrow and I watched Pat Mahomes, and I probably would have made a desperation trade too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I wouldn't have gave I wouldn't have guaranteed all that money, but well, right. But, but this is what yeah, bad organizations I, I, do. I, you know? I understand the yeah. motive. I understand yes. Sure, sure. So I don't I, I honestly think there's a real chance he's gonna get traded. I don't know. Um, you know, Atlanta would certainly be interested. Every team would be interested 
Every right. team that doesn't have a quarterback under a back-breaking contract would be interested in Lamar Jackson, and a couple of them would be. They just wouldn't be able to act I'll tell on. you who should be. I would Like the New York Giants. I don't know why that team pops up in my mind, but like the Giants would make a splash. Like Because they've got... They've got some interior defensive dudes, and they've got they've got like you're just a weird team. I don't think they're that good, but that that conference, that division, you win ten, you win ten eleven games, you so, win the Super Bowl. Yeah, so I, I've been kind of fascinated by this, and and this is you know I thought about this at the Senior Bowl. I mean, I've been to the Senior Bowl like twelve or thirteen times, and there's like this was like the second or third one where the Browns weren't in the quarterback business, right? Oh, wow. Wow. So they're not in. But last year, Dre on on opening day, they were eight. Uh, permanent new starters. Now we know what permanent means in the NFL. It means like two weeks. Right. There were eight new starters. That's a quarter of the league. And that doesn't count the Browns who had Watson suspended and the Steelers who had Trubisky keeping it warm for picket. So 10 team, almost a third of the league changed starting quarterbacks last off season. And in this off season, we're rating on Rogers cars, already a free agent, right? We don't know what's going to happen in San Francisco. We assume Brady's retired. And, you know, you have Daniel Jones maybe hitting free agency. You don't know what's going to happen with Lamar, which is the number one of them all because he's right. 13 years younger than than Aaron Rodgers, right? Um, like, there could be a lot of movement. And there, uh, this is the new league because if, you know, quarterbacks offseason is – or in the offseason, quarterbacks are everything. And if you don't have one and you take over as a GM, like, you have to go get one. Yeah. You, you have – like, the Jets – if the Jets don't get one and make the playoffs this year, those guys are getting fired. It's a good they young got, roster. And, they, and they've done their job. Yeah. They, think about what you just said. Not to, I don't want to cut you off, but the Jets have done their job. The quarterback situation has been done so bad, and they've overcome it. And you're right. If they go 3-14 and 14 next year, they're going to run those dudes. If they go 7-10 and 10 next year, they're going to run those dudes because <laughs> they messed up the court. That's the one you got to get right. 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 And you know, there's they this. Told fascinating... Car, they told Carr he'd be a first time, first ballot Hall of Famer if he came there. That's some desperate. Sh- that's that's some that's some Andre not at two thirty a.m. talking and back in nineteen ninety nine. Okay, right okay. Um, the the twenty dollars you got in your pocket to go to Popeyes since you're not out there with your wife right now. <laughs> if if you read on the ticker on Saturday morning that the Jets signed Derek Carr, you would put twenty on yes, the Jets are making the playoffs, right? Yes, like, no See, brainer. Yeah, no brainer. Yeah. Now you're that doesn't mean you're picking them to win the AFC. No, but, but I would say they're a playoff yes, They are a playoff team. Absolutely. Without hesitation. No to, doubt. I, I feel the exact same. And when you think about it, guys, like the quarterbacks in the AFC right now. <laughs> like, Ooh, we. Yeah. It's 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 That's not easy for anybody. Thank you. This is full circle. We can move to another topic, but thank you for finishing it that way. That's why I brought up the whole Lamar Jackson situation. I think it's deeper than just, oh, it's Baltimore. It's deeper than, oh, that's just our division. Dude, with how many studs you got in the AFC that get behind the, at the center, you, you're going to have to hit a lot of – especially since the, the top one don't look like he's going away anytime soon. Right. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a long battle up that hill, baby. It is. It's a long hill. I mean, a long, long hill. All right, so here's a quick story for just how our lives work and how old we're getting, and I don't know how much time we have left, but – um, you know, I'm out here in Phoenix and they obviously made the move for Kevin Durant during the break or before the break. And then the break has still been going on. Basketball starts back up tonight. As a matter of fact, which is awesome. I yes. have some, some, some pros to watch, but, um, I, Brian Winhurst, I, I woke up to a text from Brian Winhurst and he was texting me when he was asking me if I'm here for spring training, how long I'm here. And, and we go back and forth and I tell him, and uh, I was like, well, if you're coming, man, bring an extra sweatshirt. And I literally like texting some of the guys I work with. It was like, hey, Friday night, I know we got a game Saturday, but we don't got anything going on Friday. 
you know, the Suns return. If you guys want to get tickets, let's get tickets to go see KD make his first game with Phoenix. And without Brian giving it knowing, like after Brian was like, you're going to be there. What games you working? We'll let's meet up. He's like, yeah, I'm going for the KD thing, but it's 50, 50. If he even plays, that was like 24 hours ago. I'm sitting here now and they're flashing. He's not playing the first game. So I guess I'm not going to the Suns game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there's Oh, what the hell? I mean, they got to be up there as one of the favorites, right? Yeah, they're no, oh, they're way up there. That's yes, but yes. I don't know that. I'm not going to speak out of school here to you guys who who watch a lot more NBA than I do. But like, who who's possibly left on their bench? And I guess you take the approach of it doesn't matter. Who cares, right? right. Well, look at their first five. They got Javale McGee still or no? <laughs> I'm being dead do, serious. I think they do. They... <laughs> <laughs> and I like Javale. I did something with Javale's mom last. I did a, a thing on her USC. His mom was awesome. She's a twin. Um, but yeah, Javel is, is a different character. I can't talk about him though. Cause I've done, I've worked with his mom and his mom would kick my butt. Javel's good kid. Good kid. Good kid. <laughs> yeah. He's an interesting one. Um, the Cavs l- listen, and I know the Kevin love thing has dominated the topic. Um, I think you guys, I think I've seen some overreaction and, and a lot of you guys watch more Cavs than I do. I'm not going to say that I'm absolutely right on this, but Guys, if the Cavs thought that Kevin Love could still help them, they would not have let Kevin Love go. No, they wouldn't. And, and, no. and maybe that evaluation will be wrong, but I just see it as is is that. I see that as the rare black and white one, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's that simple. And here, and I'll give you something else with that. Kevin Love and JB Pickerstaff. No matter what you think about either one of them, pre them being in Cleveland, post them being in Cleveland. Their families and fathers worked together 30, 40 years plus. Their careers go back to Kevin's rookie year as well after their fathers had played and coached with each other. Then he JB was on the staff in Minnesota when, when Kevin was starting in Minnesota. Their relationship goes deep. JB, the one, the great thing about him is he's utterly honest to a fault, to his players, to everyone else. They felt like, and I and I didn't want I didn't want this to go this way because, and I don't want to. And Zach and I had a, a an odd not an odd conversation, but we came to an odd conclusion when we discussed before this podcast to talk about Kevin Love, because Zach said something I never thought of, and tell him what it is because it's true. Because I like I don't want to be negative on Kevin, but I want to be straight down the line. But tell him the, well when the when any is, player you know who's been around for a while leaves, there you know there's mixed feelings. Your your fans, your writers, your like everybody who's invested in the team. You know, has different feelings about how that player will be remembered or should be remembered or where he ranks in the thing. But like, you know, LeBron notwithstanding, we have never in our lifetimes had a Cleveland athlete win a title and be there and be gone. I mean, Kyrie was gone in a flash, and he's Kyrie, right? Kyrie, right. LeBron's Power LeBron. Happened. So this right. one has has some it's layers different. to it. It's different. And the other, I mean, look at Richard Jefferson. Like we know how we feel about our, you know, all those other guys. But Kevin's the different elk. I wish, and this is like, and I feel like I'm getting older by the second, because I am. I wish Kevin would have just sat on the end of the bench and took it and and rode this out and won a playoff game in April coming off the bench like I, I felt like he would. Um, but times are different, and, and, and the headlines are so different now, and, and not the, the guy just riding away on his team, it's just not many of those guys left, and unfortunately, I wish Kevin was. I like Kevin. I... I I used to be harder on Kevin, and I'll admit, my six months, five months of doing Cavs games last year and getting to be close to Kevin and seeing how he rolled every day, 
Um, I, I grew a great respect for who he is, how hard he worked, what it meant to be a good teammate, how hard he worked with Evan Mobley, how hard he worked and just, and, and just being a really good leader for that team last year and coming off the bench and finding his role, um, how JB let him call plays and run timeouts at times and how JB gave him a leeway to help bring these guys along, how I saw him put dinners together uh, with all the young guys in cities where they didn't, he knew they didn't have anywhere to go or how to go. I got to see a lot of things about Kevin Love that that I will always respect way more than 2016, him helping bring a title here. Um, and I just wish they would, he would have just, you know, took this one, you know, under the chin, but I get it. He wants to play still. He wants to get another contract. It can't be about money. Cause my man's got more money than, than, than I think. And I don't get in guys' pockets. I just don't like how it ended Zach. I just feel like yeah. Kayla, but I get it. Kayla wants to play. But I got a feeling, and I'm going to say this, and I don't want to be mean. If K Love couldn't get into rotation here, I just can't see with how Minnesota or how Miami usually goes about their defensive play and their standards. He ain't going to play much in Miami. Yeah, well, it must have been desperate times, desperate measures. Like they must have major injuries. Right. Right. Because he's not going to fit because he can't move laterally. And it's not, and that's no yeah. offense. You can pick and roll him to death. He can't switch off. Teams did it. It happened in the playoff, play in game shit last year for the Cavs. It runs deeper than what it is, and I'm not here. I don't want to. I don't want to back up over him as he walks out the door. But there's some things that are left to the imagination on his defensive player. Well, sure. I think everybody who even watches a little bit of basketball knows that. Um, you know, it's interesting, Jerry, because he had the two chapters after the championship, right? He had the bad teammate, then the good teammate, the kind of the redemption story. Yeah, for sure. You know. For sure. There's a and, lot of plus pluses with him. And I think again, you were only in that building. I, I haven't been, but I think guys would say, Hey, like we, we got, uh, we got the best out of Kevin. Like he helped, like, this is a really unique young team. And again, for somebody that's not watching every in and out, like the fact that a, you're nitpicking the calves means progress. And, and yeah. Mitchell is, is special, special, but like for, for, the roller coaster of what the first half plus, you know, I guess I'm just using the all-star break for what that was for where they are record wise to be healthy. Like, I don't think there's many complaints at all. Right. No, no. I, like I would like at. to see them win a playoff series and they will be positioned that's, to do that. Yes, that's all I need right now. And I know yes. that's like, I know people will we talk crazy, but thank you for saying that. Yeah. This is an unbelievable calf season. Think about if, and when they clinch and I think they are, and I don't want to get ahead of myself. It's going to be the first time the Cavs have made the playoffs without LeBron James being a part of it since since going way back to like Mike Fratello being the head coach. Yeah, going back to the 90s. The 90s. <laughs> when I was when I still had hair, baby. You couldn't tell me could tell me Jack, baby. No. <laughs> oh man. My knees didn't crunch when I tried to run my Yeah, and, and look, look. I I mean, I'm a hard grader, so are you, right? Like yeah. eventually there'll be more and and Donovan Mitchell is that special and I think Mobley's on the plane to being that Mobley special. is that special too. They just got to find a way to get it out of him. But yeah, I agree with yeah, I mean, he's 21 years old, right? Like, I think when baby. you look at all the circumstances, you can't complain. And, you know, look, they they didn't sneak up on anybody this year. Nope. You know, the, the, a lot of the new stuff is out of the way. And do I wish they had made a real playoff series last year? Yes, but it worked. Me too, but they weren't ready. You know? You know, so, you know like, they weren't ready. Like, here's, here's what I'll ask you. I know you're not big on NBA, but here's the things I want as it opens up on the second half. Um the West and here, I'm going to, I'm going to pull it up as I'm talking to you. Cause I'm gonna give you a couple things. You already mentioned how I'm out here and I hope that, you know what, here's my thing. And I know you can't, you're not like this. And some of you guys can't be, I'm not crazy about everything that the NBA has become, but,
But I am still crazy about watching unbelievable athletes play a game that I love to pieces. Mm-hmm. Zach, you you love college hoops. You love high school hoops. You eat it alive. I appreciate that. I love watching it, too. But I like watching the best play in the best. If it was a musical thing, if you want to watch the best jazz players and you knew the, a place you could go watch all the best jazz players, you would. For me, if I get a chance to watch Booker and KD play a game and I can take out all the TMZ and the social media buzz and throw that to the side, that is unbelievable for me. That's the concert I want to go to. You know what I mean? I I, I know exactly what you mean. And yes. So so as much as I want to sit here and say like I don't like because like we could I would love to do a whole podcast with KD on KD, um because he because to me he is the conundrum of conundrums, but he is so damn talented and he's a savant to watch on the court. I really feel that way. Yeah. Um, what the decisions off the court, I don't know. But let me go in the Western Conference. I love the Denver Nuggets. Like, if we had $100, we had an A to Z $100, and we had a, to, on an NBA team, I would put it on Denver. I honestly would, Zach. Really? Memphis is the second right now, five games behind them. They're going to be at an eighth seed at best. They still got to find their place. It's okay. They went on a great run. They have a defensive background. They've got a super-duper star. And if you want to know what's really going on with them, and I did this with Josh Naylor yesterday, and he didn't even know. Uh, who's the crazy dude? Who's the light skinned dude that played at Oregon for them? Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, same hometown as Josh Naylor. All should make sense. Moving on. (laughs) Sacramento Kings. Sacramento Kings are eight games behind Denver. Sacramento has been a great story. Mike Brown, kudos to finally letting yourself out. It's a great story in the article about about Mike Brown and how he's finally being himself through and through. I thought it was a great article. They're playing great. They're going to be a 17. Clippers will Russell Westbrook is going to be musty TV until my man with the biggest hands ever slaps the shit out of him for taking the ball away from him. Uh, I can't wait to watch Clipper games. I cannot wait. <laughs> no, I, 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 the early Western conference playoffs, I will adjust my old man bedtime for, I will. Yeah, I yeah. will. All right. We're, we're on the clock here, Dre. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Glad we got to do this and wrap with you. We appreciate you guys sticking with us. So hopefully we're going to get back in a rhythm here of doing these. Um, there's more sun in Ohio, so I'm going to run outside and do it as soon as we get yeah. this uploaded. Oh, you got to uh, ask me one question. Matt McClung, he supposedly is a distant cousin of Mike Clevenger. Really? <laughs> he was worth <laughs> staying, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you guys next time on A to Z. Good to meet you, uh, Cleveland.